Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Without Christ in our lives, the things that are happening are not bringing me closer to God. They're driving me away from even wanting to live. So what God does in his love is he says, okay, this is what I'll do. You accept me as Savior. Now my purposes are going to be yours. And we'll find our lives aligning to what he wants. Bringing back some of those things that have been so dead in our life, they stink us. Because really, seriously, friends, we didn't think there would be any way God would ever restore, rebuild us. But God has a way of doing that. Now, how does he do it? I don't know. I think there's a lot of times people want to go to the Christian bookstores and get a book on how does God do it? I love formulas. You do this, and you do this, and you do this, and then God will do this. What I found is that God goes, you know what I think? He completely undoes every way that we think he's going to do it to show us that he's God and he's not limited to my way of solving an issue. Sometimes when I pray, I say, okay, God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And in my mind, I got all figured out how God's going to do it. And then God answers the prayer, but he doesn't do it any way that I thought. Why? Because God's got a lot bigger plan than I do. God's got a lot bigger plan than you do. And so letting God be God is the greatest thing that we can do in our life as a Christian. If you're not a Christian, this is why a lot of people don't want to turn their life over to Christ. Because they think God's going to do something in their life that they don't like. What I found, if God ever takes anything out of my life that, that I like... It's only because it was the imitation and God wants to give me the real thing. We only have so much ability or room to contain. Many of your garages at home are like this. Many of your closets in your hallway are like this. You only have so much room to put stuff in your hallway closet. Well, God says, let's clean that out so you can put good stuff in your closet. No, I like the old stuff. I like the stuff that doesn't really mean anything. And God says, but that's not going to help you in the days to come. I want to give you things, resources and abilities and and things like that that are going to mean something in eternity. And that you'll be able to use tomorrow. But God, no, I'm holding on to this imitation ice cream because it's... I, I, you know, I've shared this before. I went to the store and I saw something that really troubled me. First of all, you have ice cream. We know what that is. Good stuff. Well, actually, if if you're on the food chain of ice cream... There is all-natural ice cream. That means it doesn't have, you know, uh, uh, taping mud in it and clay dough and all kinds of other stuff. You have organic ice cream. That's like the best. Then you have ice cream. Then you have ice milk. And then you have imitation ice milk, which I have no clue what that is. Imitation ice milk. It's not even sort of kind of real. 
Now, when I look at that, I realize that most of our lives, before we come to Christ, we're content with imitation ice milk. I am very happy with this plastic imitation of whatever it is that I'm really looking for in my life. And then God gives us a taste of the real. You see, for the first time in your life, you had a real God. You didn't have a God of this world that would perform for a little while, wear out, and then you had to go find something else. You got a real God now in your life, which then changes what really in our lives we begin to look for. What do I want to see in my life? I want to see real things. I don't want to just see a temporary patch up of of an issue in my life. I want to see it resolved. Only God is the issue resolver. And so a lot of people will go all over the place to try to find the answer to the question. You'll, you'll see the Ann Landers columns and the, uh, you know, all these different self-help things. They, they even offer them in colleges and, and different things. The, the problem is it never solves the problem. Why is that? Because at very best, Ann Landers or any other person that's talking to you do not understand all the ingredients in your life that make you, you. You're unique. God never had anybody on this earth like you ever before. They'll never be like anybody like you after you leave. You're unique. And because you're unique, you have issues in your life that surround you that, by the way, friends, help make you you. But see, God knows how to wade through those things that have happened to you in your life that either he can take and make it for your glory or for his glory, but without Christ in your life, it seems that those things continue to beat us up. Our past beats us, silly. You think about it for a minute. We need to be healed. Now we talked about, again, Jesus healing Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. Mary and Martha's last thoughts in the world, would they ever see their brother alive again? In fact, they even told Jesus that. They said, if you, both Mary and Martha both said that. Two separate occasions. They said, Lord, if you'd have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, he'll live again. And she says, oh, I know, Lord, in the resurrection. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, he asked her. And that's the question. Do you believe this? For every one of us that are Christians, I got to remind myself as a Christian, hey, God wants to rekindle things in our lives. He wants to heal things in our lives that were dead. God has a way of fixing what's wrong. Well, then it says here, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, was, who had been dead, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Now, this has got to be really strange. You have Lazarus sitting at the table with Jesus, who was dead, and then he comes back to life, and he's just sitting there at the table with Jesus. That's a kind of an interesting picture. I have a hard time sometimes wrapping my head around that one. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spagnard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? 
Now that sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? Except when we read on, verse 6, This he said not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he was used to taking what was put in it. Judas Iscariot, long before he denied Christ and, and, and uh, sold his whereabouts to the Sanhedrin, the Bible here says he was stealing from the disciples. Now, isn't that amazing? So when he saw the ointment that could have been sold for 300 denarii, he says, why wasn't this taken? He didn't care about the fragrant oil. He cared about more money that he could steal. Isn't it funny how people will cloak what they're really about? They have a way to make it sound spiritual. You know, Jesus uh, is on his way to Jerusalem to die for our sins. And they're going along, and Jesus sends the disciples on into a village in front of them. They came back and they said, Jesus, no one would give us a room. And then the disciples looked at each other and said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down out of heaven and burn them up? Now, over not getting a room at the Motel 6? You know, I could just see Jesus going, I've been with you for three years. I've been teaching you to love one another. And you want to call fire down from heaven because you can't get a room in the town. You know, I got to tell you, friends, sometimes I look at these disciples in a picture and in a light of they glowed in the dark. But then when you really read what they sometimes would say and do, I realize they're people just like us. But what was really strange about that is when they came back and said, Jesus, they won't give us a room. Shall we call fire down from heaven and consume them? Like Elijah did? You know, I thought that like Elijah did, I breezed over that for many years in my study. But then as I really began to read, if you're going to try to do something devious and evil, like kill people because you can't get a motel room, you've got to cloak it and wrap it in some religious garb. Shall we call fire down from heaven like Elijah did? Elijah was a great man, a great prophet. So you want to wrap your devious behavior in some kind of a religious package like Elijah did to justify the behavior. Well, this is what the Pharisees were doing. This is what Judas Iscariot was doing. Why, this ointment could have been sold for for almost a year's wages. A denarii was a day's wage. So almost a day's wage times 300 would have been almost a year. This could have been sold at the money given to the poor. Well, he didn't care about the poor. What he cared about was more money to steal. But if you're going to do something wicked, you want to wrap it in a Christian package. You see, this is the problem. And this is where the unfortunate part of the religious Phariseeism comes in. If you're going to do something dark, Put lipstick on it. Well, that's what they tried to do. Then Jesus said, and I love this, leave her alone. She's done and kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not always have. You know, it's interesting, and you look at this, Jesus, where she was being criticized by the disciples of Jesus, 
Jesus didn't see it that way. You know, sometimes in our Christian experience, you might be condemned by people who claim they know God. They can be pastors, they can be deacons, they can be Sunday school teachers. But always remember, it isn't, it isn't that. It isn't that, that, that they have this part of them in their heart that, that they don't have any regard for God. But as you look at this here, you see that as they would wrap this darkness in religious behavior, Jesus said, don't let them get to you. Don't let them get to you, Mary. You, you got to do what God's called you to do. You know, sometimes in your life, you may be the only one that will do what God wants you to do. And it's hard to understand that. You know, and all the way through the Bible, if you kind of do an overview of the Bible, you will find something really amazing. The difference one person made. And I pray you are that one person in the world that you're in. Just one person made such a difference. It was David who went out and beamed Goliath in the head with a rock when this Philistine was reviling God and the children of Israel. It was just one person. And oftentimes we stop to think that, that am I that one person that God you'd want to use to make a difference in my friend's life or the place that I'm at or what I'm doing? See, one person can change the direction of many things. So, first of all, as we look at this here this morning, Judas condemning Mary for what she did for Jesus. And Jesus said, leave her alone. It's funny to me that you're always going to find those that don't understand what God is doing in your life. But don't give up. Don't stop. Keep on remaining faithful to the calling which God has called you to, and you will see his hand in your life. Verse 9, Then a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, that they might also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. Again, this is a very, very important part of your Christian experience because it's undeniable. You say, well, Mike, again, I don't know all the Bible that well. I, I want to share what God has done for me, but I, I don't know the Bible that good. You can share what God has done for you. That's the thing that's so great about our relationship with God. So then he says, as we read earlier, the chief priests then took counsel how they may also kill Lazarus as well. Because on the account many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. This morning, I just want to encourage you. Don't stop. You do what God's called you to do. You know, the Bible says a righteous man will fall down seven times and he'll get up again. You know, it's sad because oftentimes in the world, you'll find when a person doesn't know God, there won't be any motive to get back up again. In other words, there isn't anything that lights their fire eternally. And so that's what really, I believe, being a Christian is all about. First of all, having your sins forgiven, that's wonderful. 
but then having a life worth living here on this earth and an eternity to look forward to. Those to me are so important because in the world that we live in today, people are taught to live for the moment. Live for the now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Well, the thing is, friends, tomorrow keeps coming. I don't know if you noticed it, but you know, you keep thinking, you know, God, it'd sure be cool that something would happen and I wouldn't have to pay my rent next month. And there it is. The bill comes due in the mailbox. And we go, God, I hate that. Tomorrow will be today soon. I just want to encourage you today. God took one person, changed people. God takes you and changes those in your world as well. You're around people that no pastor, no deacon, no Sunday school teacher will ever see. You're their demonstration of the power of God. That's why Jesus said, let your light shine. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. I want to just encourage you, be that light. Let that light shine in you. People see it. Oh, they see it. You think, well, nobody really noticed. Oh, they notice, all right. You know why? Because they notice something about you they don't see every day. That's the power of God. And the power of God is missing, and unfortunately, many times in Christians, it's just not there. Because we substituted the power of God in a believer's life for church programs. It's you in your relationship with God. Never let anything get between you and Jesus. Because that's where your power is. That's your source. Don't let anybody ever cut the power cord between you and God. This morning you might say, well, you know, I, I really don't know the Lord. I, I, I've had a lot of things happen to me and I'm jaded. I mean, I don't even know if I can love again. I, I don't even know if I, I even want to love again. I, I don't even know if I want to be around people anymore. I understand that. You know, the Bible's that way too. Imagine Mary being put down because she poured this costly ointment on Jesus' feet. And then... Somebody says, what a waste. Man, I'll tell you, if you don't have God in your life that says, leave her alone, she's done this for me, you can get jaded, friends. See, we have someone that picks us up. I'll fall down, but I'll get up again because God loves us. If you don't have Christ in your life this morning, when you fall down, who picks you up? You need to think about it. Because those things are where it will keep you down and destroy your life. God doesn't want you to give up. You see, he died on the cross so that we would have life and that more abundantly. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray. And you can ask the Lord into your life if you like. And we can... Start all over again with Jesus. You know, that's one of the things that we do. Every day, the Bible says, is new with him. So I want to just encourage you this morning, if you've never prayed, we're going to pray right now. The Bible says, you know, we need to repent. And what the repentance is, is doing it our way rather than God's way. You know, wheeling and dealing and manipulating and all that kind of stuff that, well, kind of just comes with life in the world. 
and saying, okay, God, from now on, it's about you. When we repent, God says, okay, let's clean out the closet. Let's get rid of the imitation ice cream and let's have something real in your life. That's good because that's forever. This morning, if you've never prayed and asked the Lord in your life, let's pray right now. And and you can pray and ask God to come in your life and he'll do just exactly what you ask. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I want to repent from all the foolish ways I've lived to make my life mean something. And so now I ask you that your Holy Spirit would come in and and fill me so I'll be able to live for you each day. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so now, from this day forward, I want to be your child. So may I live for you each day. Help me. Empower me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for eternal life with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Begins with a prayer, but you know, God will show you your whole life is goodness. That's just the way God is. This morning, if you need prayer, maybe you ask the Lord in your life, maybe you just need just need prayer. We're going to pray. And if you need prayer, come on down and, and we'll pray for each other and we'll just see what God does. One of these days, the Lord's going to come take us home. And I just want all of you to get the biggest reward possible when God hands out those great crowns for those who are in service to him. See, that's what it's about, friends. It's not about this life. It's about the life to come. So let the Lord bless you and heal you. Father, for each person, God, that realizes that we need to get closer to you. I pray, God, you just wrap your arms around them. You just Take your bucket of golden love and pour it all over them and let them know you're loved. Let them know they're loved. And Father, that you would be blessed. And so as we take this time and as we close, we just ask you that your Holy Spirit would remind each one of us, God, that you've not left us an orphan, but you've put a family around us that loves you. And God, that we would be about your business. And so, may your Holy Spirit touch each person here throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at the River Christian Fellowship com slash it's time on behalf of pastor mike and the rest of us here at the river christian fellowship thank you for listening and tune in next time for it's time <laughs>